Welcome back. It's Jen and Alex Make a Podcast Season 2. We're officially back in the new year. Uh, Jen, how's it going? Hi, Alex. I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Oh, I didn't, I'm sorry. I dialed the wrong number. This is 1-900-SEX-DOLLS. <laughs> Dude, it's so good to hear your voice, man. It's been too long. It has. It has been. It's been a very long time because we got very busy with that whole <laughs> pesky move all the way to the West Coast thing for you and just general um, laziness on my part. <laughs> No, but you had a bunch of stuff with your work too. You're you're always very humble. Alex works his ass off. He works in PR, and um, he just works his ass off. So he's uh, he's very busy as well. But yeah, it was really weird. And this actually always happens to me. I'm curious if this happens to you. My life doesn't just like change a little bit ever. My life goes from like zero to sixty in like a week. I've never like had anything kind of happen gradually. Everything is just like oh. Well, I guess I have to move back to Los Angeles. So I'm moving back to Los Angeles this week. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like- yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, I've been in, um, I think in terms of work, things will go zero to 60, but I- I've learned to see them coming now. I feel like I can just kind of feel it. But even in that case, like, I don't, I think this is why uh, it's really always interesting. Like, uh, I'll read your blog and like text you afterwards, you know, just random stuff. It- it's to me, it- we're-, we're very much similar minds but polar opposites because that's not I I'll go out and do something kind of interesting or, or fun for myself but like I, I it's general like I'm always in a kind of a I, I'm such a control freak that I I'm always kind of in different kinds of levels of control so it just depends on what how much I'm ex, ex, deciding to exert at any time uh, for me to focus I guess so I would say it gets crazy but it doesn't get crazy in the like huge things way. It just gets crazy in the whatever I'm spending the most time focusing on way. True. That makes sense. Yeah. It's just interesting. I, I've noticed that in my life that just, I mean, even when I left LA, I didn't just, you know, leave LA and go to a smaller city. I went to the opposite end of the country on an island. Like, couldn't be any more different. And then yeah. right back here. Yeah. No, I, I tend to every, you know, three or four or five years, I get that urge to need to shake something up, do something. But it's never like, everything it's like one thing it's like um an apartment or a job or um you know a trip or something like that but it's never like i'm gonna change my job change my apartment move into the like or at least it hasn't been yet like we're you know i'm uh we're nine months from me hitting 30 so maybe i'll just have a freak out and come live on uh cliff come live with buster and then we'll call it a day so Aww. he's he's very happy by the way in the background and i don't know if it's gonna pick this up he got new bones and new toys today oh. he's rocking a pretty awesome sweater because he was shivering earlier because it's raining and so cold here oh yeah is it that cold yeah tell me about it, it tell me like, all about it well my apple watch says that it is 52 <laughs> degrees outside but it oh, is just my God. boring just just horrible just horrible hey you know <laughs> this is cold to us i know but you've just moved back so i guess it was even warmer in miami <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think so I, how was your uh, how was your new year's by the th- way this is this is why uh, i've been i've been not, not that she'll do it but i've been telling jen that snapchat is what i think we should all get on this next year just for fun and someone sent me a snap yesterday morning at 8 a.m of 12 degrees and Ouch. i and like like still in bed 12 degrees and i'm like yep Yep, I'm about there. I'm with you. Like, because there's a filter that lets you overlay the temperature. And I'm just like, yeah, 100% haven't gone out of bed yet either. Got to get it. Got to get into work the next hour and a half. Not wanting to move. It's too cold. 
Well, the thing with me and Snapchat is, is, and Alex had a really good point that he was like, you know, for the real kind of up to the moment, you know, what's happening, because especially now that I'm back in Los Angeles and, you know, I just happen to know so many people here. Um, it's just, it, it seems to get stranger and stranger by the minute. But my problem is, is I am fiercely loyal and fiercely protective of people's identities. Just because I'm a writer doesn't necessarily mean that they want their secrets out there. So um, now it's actually easier because the people I used to hang out with would, would utilize location-based social media when like Foursquare and everything was like still really cool. Um, so like I, they would check in with me and then people could connect the dots. So at least now it's, it's so much better because I can just tell my little stories and my friends, you know, don't really care. They're just happy to hang out. And um, but yeah, if I'm, if I'm taking photos and pictures and stuff like that, people can connect the dots, I feel like, too easily. So that's that's I'm a, I'm a bit stubborn on that, but I feel like it's it's actually better because I'll still get invited places. If I don't, I don't think I'll get invited back. Yeah. And, and my counter to that, and, and this is where I think it'll be an interesting thing, um, Though I think we're going to talk a little bit about 2016, and this kind of hinges on one of the points I had. But for for apps, but like right now, the reason to get on a social network that's still right on the edge of exploding is that you can build an audience of people you really want. Whereas with like Facebook or um, Twitter or Instagram, we've kind of already just built people, and you don't want to get rid of anyone. You don't want to lose that momentum. This is something completely new that you could use completely different way then you're normally accustomed to doing it. And it's built in a way that you can do it publicly or privately. Um, you can do one-on-one -on -one with the people that you really trust. And you can do one-to-many with the people that um, you you just want to show, like, what kind of is in a day of life. Because I think, you know, you're like you said, you're a writer, but so much. But you're, you're about to jump into this whole taking writing and putting it on a screen even more in a bigger way than ever before. And having that on a daily basis is just kind of an interesting tool to, to have in your arsenal. And I think that, you know, everything the last year, you know, two years ago, everything was photos. Now everything's videos and, and who knows where we're going next. So it's just kind of an interesting, I don't know. I've been trying, I've been, I think one of my random resolutions just internally, not even something I'm writing down or taking that much attention on is just, I want to play with it more because it seems like it could be fun and I haven't tried to have fun on things in a while because it's so much connected to my job. So I just want to try to have fun with it. That's actually an interesting point. And you know what, Alex, I'm going to accept your challenge. And uh, as of by the time this podcast goes live, I will uh, join Snapchat. And well, technically I already have joined it, but um, I'll actually use my account. And uh, I don't even remember my username and password, but I'll make sure to post it when this link goes live. And uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll test but, it out. But and yeah, and, and but don't feel like you got to jump. Uh, no, no offense to all the listeners out there and, and people who read this later, but don't feel like you got to add everyone yet. Like I think it's like it. Uh, the one thing is that like I noticed that I can send snaps to like famous people that I followed. I'm like, that's horrible. That's not a feature that I don't that I want. If I'm on the other end of that, I don't necessarily want that. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of change their things in the next couple of years. But I think it's also like you can if you're in their phone, you can already be unlike you know with Pinterest, it was. Um, if you're on Facebook and you're friends, you're automatically friends on Pinterest. This is already based on your phone, but you still have to accept, and there's still some changes you can make. Um, so there's some, you know, cool little, you know, tweaks and things. But I, I think it's, I don't know, I, I just think there's enough little fun things that um, it, it's, you know, we've we've grown up in one to many, and this is like the first thing that's like one to many and one to one. Uh, I made the allegory the other day. Um, that's probably the wrong word, but <laughs> I made the, the comment the other day that um, I think Twitter is – it's a very interesting year for Twitter, and Snapchat has the 
capacity to replace Twitter as like the go-to mobile messaging tool. I Um, totally agree with you on that. And I think I, I'm obsessed with Twitter. Like I love the fact that even just the other day, I just wrote about this on xoxoyourmom.com. Um, just the other day, I was wondering if I was going to be stranded in the Atlanta airport because everybody's flights were delayed. Like no one was getting out. We had really bad weather. And literally within a handful of minutes, I had uh, a buddy of mine, Danny, who I've known for years and years, um, basically send me a message saying, hey, if you're stuck in Atlanta, come hang out. And um, so that to me has value. And that to me has this power because it's like, OK, like I happen to be in this situation. Do I just get a hotel? Like I didn't know what was going to happen, but I had that like comfort and peace of mind of, oh, I'm just going to you know grab a beer with Danny. We're going to hang out. We're going to have an adventure. That's great. You know what I mean? So that's that sort of open source access to people that I don't necessarily think of off the top of my head. I forgot he was in Atlanta um, is to me invaluable. Right, and I, and I don't think that'll go away, but I think the tweaks that they're making with some, like, so much of what's interesting and, and happenstance, I think, with, with you and Twitter is you have an amazing group of followers, and they're very dedicated to their feeds, but that's not kind of how Twitter needs to grow anymore. So mm-hmm. it's it's like, or it, that it can grow anymore, because um, just coming on and getting lucky and seeing that you might have tweeted in the Atlanta airport at the right time, uh, is tough. Whereas with at least with the you know, and, and that's where I'm I'm saying like the 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 one to one aspect of it, where you can do a story and then have someone respond to you one on one. That's that kind of elements why I think it's interesting because I think Twitter kind of has to figure out right now. All right, well, do we do algorithms? They just talked about it at CES coming out with ten thousand tweet character limits, which yeah, I heard that. Th- which I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily, but that what they're doing is responding to people posting those like text messages, pictures, and being like, "Oh, well, people want this." I'm like, "Well, but, but like, how will that change the feed? How will that change the feel? How will that change all these other things?" That right now, um, you know, I've been noticing a lot more ads. Uh, you know, I don't get the I because I don't have, you know, or may, maybe you know, I haven't cultivated the level but when I started out with it and I think we talked about this before I had a very like group of people I was kind of following wanted to learn from and wanted to do more with and they've kind of dropped off and I'm kind of left with just groups of people that I follow that I'm like oh I'm not sure why I follow them right now and, and I'll I don't want to unfollow them because I don't want them to unfollow me but it's also like I look at the followers and I'm just like it's 13,000 here 13,000 there on the flip side I got followed randomly by uh uh, I think her name's Ali Spagnola, who's great on YouTube and Twitter and stuff. I don't know why, I don't know how, um, but I did. I followed her stuff, and now I'm following her Snapchat. I actually get a much better look at like what she does day to day, rather than having to go hunt and find when she tweets. What do you think about um, Twitter Moments, which Saka, Chris Saka, used to call it Lightning, or I guess it was Project Lightning was like their code word for it. But what do you think about the actual uh, uh, use of it? Do you have a use for it? Um, I mean, do you, do you I know would, what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. I mean, I would have a use for it as a marketer uh, if it ever opens up. Um, as a ca- as a casual user, I think it's fun, but I don't think it's necessary. I, I would almost like it as its own app. I think more, and I think I've seen that before, and I'm not sure um, the thinking on that, but because uh, I could see it also failing completely as its own app. But to me, it would be more interested if it was a little bit more specific to me. If it was a little bit more. Um, specifically maybe like my location like I think there's some really interesting seeds that they've built there but like I was going through the other day and I'll even just fire it up on my phone right now the mobile experience and the to desktop experience are so different like oh, the great. mobile the mobile experience to me 
like I fired it up and it's like, oh, watch, you know, the top thing is watch American Idol. And then the next thing is like, oh, talking about, um, you know, news and all this interesting stuff, stuff that I'm interested in for the most part. Excuse me. So, so you're but, saying that on the mobile app, it aggregated higher of the things that you found that you're actually interested in? No, I'm saying that when you click on the mobile app, it's full mm-hmm. screen tweets with like the photos overlaid and it looks really nice and interesting, but it's only pulling in stuff from like verified sources. So for me, it doesn't have that. Int- it, it's not as in- it's not just verified sources, but it's mainly verified or mostly used. So it went from this like really democratic kind of thing where I could go look at a topic at any given time uh, and be interested in it to now this like more, oh, well, if I'm already known on this, then it's just a broadcast tool. So I, I think it's really great as a broadcast tool. And that's what they really, you know, once they realize that, um, you know, people use Twitter while watching TV, they wanted to tap into that. And, and that's very, very smart. But when I look at like, you know, just kind of flipping around it, and I don't use it a whole lot, it's definitely not how I use Twitter. So it almost takes an entirely different way for me to think of things. I have to remember that it's there. Yeah, they're obviously going after the second screen content, um, you know, piece. But what I think is really cool is just the. I was so excited about this project for so long because obviously, like, I I'm friends with Sokka on Facebook and follow him on Twitter and whatnot, and. and he was just so passionate about it. And I thought that this could really like kind of be the make it or break it for Twitter because it would finally explain to people like what Twitter is about because it would add value because it enhances that second screen, you know, whether you're on a tablet, whether you're on your phone, but I'm watching a show and, you know, especially for live events and things like that, I thought it provided tremendous value, but it's just now it's like been all these months later and it's just sort of like sitting there and I don't hear anybody excited about Twitter. I don't hear anybody talking about Twitter except for the fact of how badly they're messing up. And it's just like, it's like the little engine that could, that I keep rooting for it and rooting for it and rooting for it. But I just think at the end of the day, it uh, it ship might have sailed. Well, and I think what I get I get um, frustrated by is, um, well, two things. One, I've already seen all these stories that I see on Twitter moments on Facebook and Reddit and Dig and 15 other places. So it's you not- You still use Dig? Uh, I use the Dig Reader. Okay. I use it a lot. I use it every day, actually. Um, I actually really enjoy the- uh, it's a little more curated. It's not as uh, one up, but like the same thing. Like I, I've had like I, I feel like Twitter and some Facebook pages, and um, it's so negative, and not like constructively negative, just negative. And so I'll read people's tweet, and so you have a, you have a different experience. But like when I'm reading interesting things from different people, so much of it's just like people trolling that I'm just like I don't. That's the problem with everyone having a chance to, to, to weigh in is I, it's harder for me to get rid of the people I don't want to deal with. So I think as they've gotten better with content and like, this is where moments could be really interesting is like, how do you balance, um, how do you balance all those viewpoints in like a coherent way? It's, you know, it's really interesting, but I think from a story's perspective until it comes to like where say you have uh, where someone else can launch their own moments and you can let your moments grow organically. It's so cultivated that I'd rather have I that curation that I love on Snapchat. I don't love on Twitter because it's not, it's, it's coming through. It, it's kind of interesting. I want interesting and new viewpoints, but I want it in a, in a way that isn't so static. It's, it's a very tough line to walk, but I think it's also just, I've been on these networks now for a long time and, and, I, I think I, in terms of Twitter, I just burned out a lot because a lot of what I read is people sharing links. And then I've read some really interesting studies about 
people share the links, but no one clicks on the links. And it just shows me like it's an empty echo chamber. And that and that's disappointing. I could definitely see that. I like your point, though, about um, the moments being curated, except because, I mean, obviously, as a marketer, as we both are, we can understand the value of it um, in general. But that's that's actually kind of an interesting could be an interesting pivot for them if they actually come in and say, like, much like Snapchat stories and things like that. Hey, you know, you can kind of curate these these, you know, photos as content, however, that's, you know, derived to uh, to be packaged to certain people. And have that kind of be your moment. Make it more about you and not about the platform as a whole. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I think having Jack as CEO of that in Square, um, just from a from a productivity perspective, is really interesting. And I don't know. I, I just think that this is a very uh, turning point year. I mean, Facebook had a really rough year. Um, its first year after it, I, and I'm really looking at it from an IPO standpoint too. This is like what the second or third full year of them being a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. Um, so it 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 they have they have to put different things. They they have to balance their users versus their their potential, and I, I think it's also it's also why I've been interested in more in Reddit recently is because they're really in, they're really trying to to limit their. Um, what they're going to be able to do because they've had to get rid of some of their biggest people who care the most about it, but because they were not good for the long-term brand. So um, as that kind of continues to change, it'll be, it'll be interesting, but I, I, I do think that it's uh, there's been, you know, there, there could certainly be uh, a huge, they haven't been growing. The biggest thing is they haven't been growing. And if you're not growing, then it's much it you're gonna if some if there's any type of shift in people leaving you're gonna feel it twice as much so that's what i think is the most interesting it's not like a i you know facebook myspace where there's something else eating your lunch it's just eh. why should i come back to that when i have literally you know i'm i'm sitting right now in front of my tv with my phone talking to you and i bought an xbox recently so i could fire that up whenever i wanted to like there's so many things i can do in my time why should i go look for people to tweet in short bursts about uh whatever show you know i I think that like they can and, and if they go the algorithmic route do they lose all that other part and does it just become a facebook clone it's very it's a very I think it's really fascinating, but I think that's why it's such an interesting year to me, and that's why playing with, you know, Snapchat's been around for three or four years now, um, but it wasn't until Stories turned on that I went, oh, okay, I get this, I could do, I could see how I can use this um, before, because like, I text, I'm I'm older, you know, I text, I don't uh, I don't use. A lot of the texting apps like WhatsApp and Line and, and Jive and or um, any of those, um, but this with when you just add in how easy to use video and, and and photos, it's just like oh okay, got it, makes sense. No brainer. How do you uh, how do you like your Xbox? By the way, I mean I've only had it for like four days. I like it quite a bit. Um, I want to. I'm still. I'm interested in some in the. I've only bought a couple games. I've only really kind of hooked up the thing, and I haven't done the connect part yet. So mm-hmm. still a lot of little things that I, I'm looking to do. But I mean, it plays really nicely, and it's uh, you know great picture. And I mean, I'm I love to play video games. It's like I we were saying before. I get very focused on one thing. So it'll be a book or podcast or video games or movies or TV shows. And this this is a good example of what it could be. Yeah, my uh, my parents got me the uh, Apple TV two for Christmas, oh, and yeah. that thing is freaking incredible. I am in love, and I've had Apple TV for forever. 
but my last one broke um, probably, I don't know, like six months ago. And I just didn't replace it out of like sheer laziness. And um, yeah, so they got me the second one and it, it's it's so amazing. I forgot how much I freaking love watching YouTube videos on my massively big screen TV yeah. with surround sound and it's incredible. But also too, the way that um, that videos populate, like as far as search is concerned, on the Apple TV, the original one, um, it just, it never populated in the same way. And I noticed the same thing on the mobile device. I don't know what what's different in the way that they like actually organize it, but it just doesn't show as relevant of videos. I have to be way more precise. And with the Apple TV too, they fixed it. So it's basically the same way that you search on, um, on YouTube on your desktop is the same, is almost the same, probably not identical, but as similar to how it populates um, on the actual screen, which is awesome. Yeah, and, and I, I, I haven't got the Apple TV 2 yet because, well, frankly, I have cable, but I have a like a not an on-brand type of cable. Um, it's kind of like a... What's not an on-brand type of cable? It's not like a Comcast or an AT&T or a, a Time Warner. It's like a local only because uh, it's a thing with my building. Apparently, they, they own everything. Um, so I can't... I, I'm not going to ever... like So I don't have a login for a lot of those things. So I can't get the full experience of the Apple TV. So I can steal oh, my parents. I, I can yeah. steal my parents, which it isn't stealing because they stole my Comcast for the last two years. So it's back and forth. But, um, but so I haven't gone on because I have Netflix and Amazon Video in my TV built in, and now I have it on my Xbox, and I had it on my PS3, and so and I you know I, I'm the type who will buy all these devices, and then you realize like you only use like four apps on it. So I I do like the two the Apple the. Uh, Apple TV too because it has the it'll have the capacity for games I think the universal search is something that's just amazingly needed um, I can't believe no one's built it and sold it to someone yet um, and kind of one thing I, I'm looking forward to with playing with Xbox and hopefully it'll work is is I have my cable box not plugged in my Xbox so when this game goes off um, I can literally just press my controller and start playing my video game without having to switch 15 times like it, it's that the little things like that are just kind of fun yeah, I can say uh, one thing though that freaks me out now about having this uh, Apple TV too is I also have an Apple Watch and all Apple products. So basically Apple knows literally every single ounce of when my heartbeat gets faster to everything that I watch. And uh, it's funny, a buddy of mine, very, very dear friend, um, works for Samsung. He's one of the head engineers. And I just found this out recently. If you, I own a Samsung TV, so if I give him the serial number to my TV, he can tell you every single program that I've ever watched on that television, and that's very freaky to me. Did you know um, that? I didn't know that. Uh, that I'm not as surprised as I had hoped I would be. Uh, go. Have you ever read The Circle by David Eggers? No. It's a fiction book. It'll take a little while. Um, it's absolutely coming true. It's absolutely insane. I hope, you know, I think we all... You know, we. I, I don't think it'll be as bad as that book is, but yeah, I mean, everything that you turn on or touch, and collects data on you. And I don't think they do it because they know what they're doing. They're just doing it because they're like, well, we might need this later. And it's kind of yeah. like how I'm playing this game called Fallout Four, and it's one of these massive uh, RPGs where you can go through and do everything ever, and collect everything and pick up everything. And and uh, I'm the type of hoarder, like, oh, I might need that. I might need that. And then after about. 10 minutes of playing the game, you're like, oh, I'm going to just end up, you know, you almost need a in-game Pinterest board to figure out what all the crap you have. So you got to, like, take take a step back and keep going. 
Yeah, um, I think one of the things too, and maybe we've talked about this on a previous podcast, but my um, my dad is a uh, corporate lawyer for insurance companies. Um, he works in defense, you know, of the insurance companies. And growing up for Bring Your Daughter to Work Day, when I was like, you know, seven until probably about like thirteen. Um, I would go and sit in a room with all the other, you know, little girls, and uh, they would show us tapes of people committing insurance fraud. And my dad would basically say, like, I can find anything on anybody. And, like, he would say, uh, you know, anytime you use, we have uh, up north the Easy Pass. So anytime you have Easy Pass or Sun Pass in Florida, he's like, I can track that. And, like, anytime you have, like, these little, like, those uh, rewards cards from, like, the grocery store or anything like that, he's like, I can track that as well. So basically he can pinpoint down way back then, you know, many, many years ago because I'm that old. Um, this was, you know, early 90s and whatnot. He was able to tell, like, with absolute certainty, even if you paid cash, he could figure out sort of where you were and then uh, subpoena the cameras to actually see whatever it was that you were doing. And um, so I grew up with that mentality that he's like, I can find anything on anybody. So for me um, and everything that I did with location-based social media, life casting, and I have four stalkers with four restraining orders. That's why I was so open with it because I was like, if anybody can find anything on you anyway, why not just own it and kind of just say like, well, here I am. And you know, I, I only had a problem once in the entire time of Talk Nerdy was where someone made me really uncomfortable. But other than that, everything else was awesome. Well, and again, that goes back to our polar my polar differences thing. Uh, I think we both have the same thoughts on sharing, but my thought is, well, I don't mind when I do it, but I want to be in control of it. Whereas I think, I think it comes down to like, I'm not saying I'm not trusting of people, but I'm saying I'm not inherently trusting of people. <laughs> so, yeah. so I kind of go, yeah, they have my data. Uh, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, but I'm not going to just, uh, you know, I'm not going to give it over every time if I don't have to. But I think it's oh, interesting because sure. I get, I, I talk to a lot of people in my office and in my life where they're like, oh my God, they do, they can do what? They can do where? And I just go, yeah, but you're willing to give, if you don't, and here's the thing, here's, here's the fix. Then just don't use that thing. Like, but they're like, well, what do you mean? Like they get mad that you're, but I'm like, you gave it to them. You can take it back, but you gave it to them. So like, you don't get... Um, you don't get the really cool free thing without some type of price. So exactly. Well, look at Facebook. Look at everything with Facebook that we're all uploading and whatnot and all that content. And then you see the people saying like, you know, making those posts saying, oh, well, Mark Zuckerberg can't have this and you have to put this post up or otherwise they're going to come after you and they can do this and this. It's all a bunch of bullshit. It's all in the terms of service. Sit there and read it. Yeah. And, and YouTube and every other, you know, I'm sure. And, and just everything. I mean, and it's just, and it's not. And, and again, and this is where I come back to, I, I don't think the people who wrote those are inherently wrong. I think that along the way, our legal system is so weird and our IP system is so weird and all these things are so weird that we went, well, we might as well do it just to protect ourselves in case it happens later. <laughs> so I, agree. I, I think that's the that's the interesting part. And, but I, on the flip side, like, you know, like we're um, hopefully if I didn't screw up the recording of it, uh, we've got like a little intro thing now. Right. And that's something that I got from a guy named Bitburner on SoundCloud, which is awesome. And I was able to download it and it had a Creative Commons license and I was able to throw some extra stuff onto it. And I added a NASA liftoff thing from NASA.gov because that's free to, you know, public domain because it's government. And um, it's just just so there's, you know, there's, you know, I very much a lot of my philosophy not philosophy, but a lot of my th thinking on things is like, you know, every we, I want, I desperately want things to be black and white, but I realize that most things are shades of gray. I totally agree. And by the way, I'm wearing a gray shirt right now, so this conversation is so meta. <laughs> I, 
Okay. <laughs> it's either, it was either that or you're like, and I just read Fifty Shades of Grey and I'm really impressed by no. something. <laughs> oh my God, that is like the worst book. So um, it's the worst book on the planet. So I owned slaves. Um, I had seven slaves, seven or Wait, eight what's, slaves. What's, what's, let's take a step back. Um, <laughs> we're talking about dominatrixes and <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. And it's gracious. Uh, oh. yeah um yeah yeah i uh, it started off with uh back in this years and years ago and talk nerdy um i'm a runner and uh i went running and my feet were hurting so i just cracked some joke on twitter about needing a foot rub and then that opened up this entire pandora's box of just like all these like random people messaging me and like they were so honest and so open and so like you know please like I would love to just worship your feet and to me that's like all right you're gonna like rub my elbow and like I mean there's no I don't derive pleasure from that so I was just kind of like okay but I also knew by being in that point of mind and like frame of mind that basically I was actually pretty cool to go into it like with a neutral stance so I was actually going to be because I needed to be in control in that situation it wasn't pleasurable for me so um so I was able to do it and um, yeah, and then after I started uh, posting about it, that is still hands down one of the number one things that I get people commenting on still to this day is uh, I get about an email once a week of someone wanting to be my foot slave. And um, but yeah, but during that time was the Fifty Shades of Grey and it had just come out and all of that. And so everyone told me they're like, oh, you got to read these books. And I'm like, I this is like bullshit. I think I wrote something similar like this when I was like 13 years old. And and it saddened me because. I really love Dana Brunetti and I love, um, I just, I wanted to love the movie so much, but they took it word for fucking word. The entire script, the entire movie, like they could have at least changed certain things and like, you know, it just had the story be stronger, like up to a degree. And it was one of the worst, it was laughable. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I watch it as a comedy, not as like a sexual thriller. I, I didn't even watch the movie because the writing insulted me as someone who reads anything. Candy bar rapplers, whatever. Um, it's fan fiction. And, and I read all three books because I'm a completist and possibly masochistic in my own right. But that, it, it just was, a, it was just, I mean, but then I went, well, this is how you sell books now. Twilight is the same way. The guy, you know, the person, the love interest is incredibly well detailed and the amazing, most amazing thing ever, the, you, it's, it's, um, for lack of a better word, it, it, it is it is intellectual porn because whereas guys might watch porn and go well I can just replace myself as the the male in the scenario in the in this aspect it's very much the same way I put myself in the protagonist's shoes because I can imagine whatever and I think that's where as soon as they're like we're doing a movie I'm like well that won't do well because even as well designed as the character is you know it's never going to hit exactly what you have in your head it's never going to hit that same level of titillation so yeah, just interesting. But I think that was my problem with the movie was it played out exactly how I had it in my head. And um, and it was just that bad. Like, I thought it could have... You could at least take, like, you know, something inspired by and, um, and at least kind of taken a stab at, like, true narrative and true storytelling. And it was just... It was so dry. It was so boring. I mean, you know, everyone was laughing in the theaters at, at a point where it wasn't necessarily laughable. But at the end of the day, they're making bank. And I think that's what that was all about was... Basically, people probably said, like, no, we need to keep this as stupid as possible because it's such a huge hit. Like, we don't really need, you know, a larger audience. Let's just not fuck this up. Well, and I think they, they probably screwed up the medium. Like, they should have um, realized that the way it's written shouldn't won't translate to how it actually is going to work on um, 
on screen. Instead, they should, you know, it's too bad Magic Mike didn't come out before that because then they might have might have understood uh, how to tell a story to a, a female audience that wanted to hear it. Agreed. What did you think about Magic Mike? Oh, I haven't seen. Is the second one? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You never know what people end up watching. I, no. you know. It was interesting. I had a date with a guy in Miami, and um, and actually, he's still he's probably one of the only people I've ever had to like actually block, just because he still keeps messaging me like after I stopped responding to him like six months ago. But um, which just kind of gets to a point where it's actually a little creepy. But um, he um, he wanted to go out on a date, and I don't know, Magic Mike was coming out. I think sometime in like July, and I was like, sure. I was like, I, I love going to movies. I said, let's do dinner in a movie and go and see Magic Mike. Now, if he was smart. He would have said yes, knowing that I'd probably be in the mood by like the end of the movie, and maybe he could at least get to second base. But he was like, "No." He's like, "I can't," and he's like, "I can't do this." And it's Miami, and he's like, "I just can't." So, um, so we wound up doing something totally different. But the whole time, I just kept staring at him, like, "What an idiot!" I was like, "You totally could have yeah. like gotten more than you know, just yeah. a little peck on the cheek." I definitely had the same conversation with my friends, because I mean, I'm not dating anyone. So if I was dating someone, I would have absolutely taken them, but. They're like, yeah, my boyfriend didn't want to go. And I go, your boyfriend's an idiot. <laughs> and they went, oh, hell what? Yeah. They went, what? I'm like, A, you're seeing a movie that, A, it gives you points for, oh, he's a good boyfriend. He's going to go see this movie that he, I know he's not going to like. B, Take it for the team. B, if you like it in the right way, then he should be in prime position. Um, and C, he can learn a few things. So, like, of, of all those, like, at least, you know, figure out one of them. I am right there with you. So, again, this is why I was asking if you had seen the movie, because if I were a dude, I would be lining up dates to, like, go and see that freaking movie. Or that would be, like, an ultimate Netflix and chill, because now you can get it on uh, on iTunes or it's available as well on demand. So that would be, like, a perfect movie to do that. Oh, like, oh, here, here, baby. Like, here, I thought you might like this movie. Have you seen it yet? And it's like, really? You're willing to do this for me? Wow, you're really considerate. And it's, like, obviously total bullshit, but there you go. Everyone wins. Exactly, exactly. What are you drinking um, tonight, by the way? Just Diet Pepsi. That's it? Really? I, trying to do the whole, like, you know, New Year, New You thing bullshit. Ugh. At least getting started. I'm only in day three. I, I, I ate so much during the holidays that, you know, for me to do some of the things I want to do um, in this year, at least regarding personal health, I, I not that alcohol is. I'm not going to cut it out completely, but I like tonight. I was just like, well, I just I'm on three days of eating just salad, so let's not screw with it yet. Well, that's good. That's good that you're at least you know kind of being attuned to your body, so to speak, and and what you're putting in. Um, that's good. <laughs> no, my body would much prefer to have alcohol, but it's also <laughs> I all I have in my apartment. I think is like bourbon, <laughs> which is pretty much all I always, I always have in my apartment. That's your go-to bourbon. Yep. All right. Mine's I don't mine. even know if it's go-to. Well, yeah. I mean, I just don't think I could. Um, I don't like wine as much. I mean, I have. I generally have beer. Uh, you know, I like to find new beers and try new beers. But I think in terms of like liquor or like that, it's it's been bourbon. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's also one of those things where I'm like, well, I'm. I don't really love wine, but there's a few that I like, so I can I can tolerate wine fine. I'd like to learn how to do bourbon, and so I've tried to learn, and I'm still learning. Uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, there's a lot to learn there. But like, scotch to me is is super in your face, and I love it. But it's like so many things, and I, I don't have a palate that I can tell. <laughs> I can't that I can that I notice. So I'm kind of like, well, maybe we'll start with this and go, and go from there. So 
I just totally heard uh, the Anchorman scotch, 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 scotchy, scotch, scotch. <laughs> I wish we had like an actual producer that could like put that sound. Yeah, where's the drop? <laughs> so get the board. What did you end up doing uh, for New Year's Eve? And, and wait, two-parter question. One, what did you end up doing for New Year's Eve? And two, what are some of your resolutions and or do you make resolutions? Um, so what, it, what, so, all right, so I spent all my holidays with my parents and then, uh, on the 31st flew back and then I just went and I hung out with, uh, some good friends, um, in their apartment and drank and hung out and, you know, was, was out by two and it was good. It was, it was very, again, polar opposites. Go read, uh, Jen's post on her New Year's Eve. Um, just, just a great, just, just a very nice, fun, s- slow way to do it. Uh, and I enjoyed it. And then I basically sat down and didn't move from my couch from three days. <laughs> so, and then in terms of resolutions, um, I have a few like specific kind of ones. I bought a, a one a day creative type of book where I've been, you know, kind of writing some things down. Um, I've been, you know, I've bought some things, you know, I've been trying to, you know, write, write more. I have some books that I want to read, but it's also like, I think, they, they're, they're less about specific things this year of like, I want to do X or I want to do X or I want to do Y. It's a little bit more of like, I want to try to build this up a little bit. I want to try to build this up a little bit. I still haven't sat down. I'm not good with the resolutions in like January 1st go. I kind of have an idea and I kind of play with it and tug at it. And then I, hopefully I sit down and I actually plan it out and I just haven't done that yet. See, I don't believe in um, making New Year's resolutions like as a whole. Like, oh, this year I'm going to hit the gym more. This year I'm going to do this. Like, I I don't even view life in that like you know annually kind of terms in that sense. I have like all my short term goals of like this month. This is what I'm focused on. Like, this is what I'm gonna you know. I have like my weekly goals of like okay. Here are my projects. Here's how I can, you know, move them along a little bit further. And then, you know, right after that, okay, 30 days, this is identifying this this action. And then even at the end of the day, you know, 24 hours from each, you know, movement is something very different and things that you could never have predicted. So, um, yeah, I've, I've never, if people always ask me, they're like, well, what's your resolution? What are you doing? And I'm like, I have a goal every single day and every single week and every single month. And I just kind of plug and play and, and uh hopefully get lucky yeah and i think i think it's more of um trying to just find little things that i'd like to improve um kind of like that and and, but i I do i do use the new i don't necessarily make resolutions as much though i've you know i've written somewhere that i want to try to you know i bought that book because i i do want to try to play with that every day um i do want to try to read much many many more books this year um, I do because I feel like I have bought like a ton of books recently and just not read them, which is just not. I mean, at the end of the day, if I, I, I love that question of like, what would you do if you didn't have to work? And I forgot to borrow my Powerball. Now I think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Powerball. Um, what do you do if it didn't have to work? And I just just go, well, I love to watch movies and like I love stories and I love entertainment. And I would like to just in, like I walk into a bookstore and I just go, I want to read everything in here. I just want to read everything in here. I don't. I don't know how to choose because I just want to read everything in here. Um, I don't think they they have a job for that yet. Um, so when they do, it'll be great. But you know, so it's it's like those things. But that's also like 
uh, I always like to use the first to be a little introspective and just kind of think and, and uh, you know, sitting on my couch is a joke, but it's also kind of like that's kind of I, I want to regroup from a December that's all over the place. And, incredible you know, as someone who generally views themselves as an introvert, uh, December is very extroverted. It's a lot of going out and, you know, trying to see people for the year because there's a reason to do that. And, and like, you know, we, we all use the calendar as a motivational tool in some way. And so then I, I try to take it back uh, in, in January and just kind of be introspective and kind of, you know, Get it, get in my head a little bit and root around from there and see what's kind of what what kind of comes up. That's a very interesting response, and uh, yeah, no, I feel the same way though about December. It uh, it drives me crazy, and especially um, you know being technically a small business owner and uh, in, in business for myself, it sucks because you know everybody else gets like vacation time and and you know everything in between. I still work six days a week. I actually have to work even more during the holidays because. I have to like crunch everybody else's time. Like my corporate clients or like anything in between, I have to work around those hours. And then my other clients are this way. Like, so you have to, my routine gets completely out of whack. And the only reason why you're able to like actually execute so much in a day is because there is a routine. And like, this is how you're able to structure it every single day so that everything is on point. But the second that, you know, things start to kind of, you know, more parties and things like that, and especially shit that I never had to deal with when I was a kid because I never got invited to anything, that now as an adult, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, it's another holiday party. It's another birthday. Are you kidding me? Well, and it also, it also messes. I think we, we both have the I'll do anything once mentality, and um, those kind of parties are just always fun yeah they're contrived and a little bit of like why are we doing this in the year but sometimes like it's good to have that otherwise you might not see certain people throughout the year and it's and it's good and yeah it throws off your 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 swerve a little bit in terms of how things you know are working on a day-to-day basis but it's also like kind of it's a kind of a good reminder of oh yeah time is moving forward and otherwise you can get into those those rhythms and and just kind of go oh it's two months later like i january february to march oh you look up and go oh we're in april oh we're doing what now like when does this happen like that and you and then you know by the time you look up it's you're back in december i hear you i hear you on that no i'm excited uh next week i have one more uh book of travel and then uh, i'm pretty much back in los angeles for at least the foreseeable future so um, yeah, my brother was actually, my brother is uh, in boot camp and uh, he's done with boot camp. You know, one thing that was awesome about like only graduating from high school was that my family had one graduation with me to go to high school. And then like I think eighth grade and like nursery school maybe. I don't even remember that one. But just that's it. For my brother, the little bastard has gone to college. He's gotten his master's degree, now boot camp, and he has officer training. Like I have to go to each one of these. Like that's not fair. <laughs> like, but, um, but I'm so proud and so happy to support him. So I'm going out to Oklahoma. And then um, if you guys know as well, I was on the CNBC show, the West Texas Investors Club. So on the way out, the guys have been asking me to come down there for months now. And I just have been too busy. So um, I added on an extra day and a half so I can hang out with them. And how amazing is to have a business partner that's like, well, you're staying at my house, just so you know. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's pretty awesome. So they're just such fantastic people. So I'm going to have a great week. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I got a. I was looking at Hipmunk today because I was like, oh, I should look at what, because I think there were flights on sale, and they're like, you should go to Dallas, and I'm like, huh, never thought of that as a destination, but I guess that's that's a place to go. So, 
I know. I always view Dallas as like a destination hub. Yeah, I see like it a as hub. a. I go through there a lot. <laughs> when I, you know, I went there when I was in high school. When when we drove down there from Nebraska once, but I, I haven't been there as like a place to visit in a long time. So. So let's keep talking about 2016 and like um, mm-hmm. the let's talk about some of the trends that we see coming up this year, um, whether that's in pop culture, technology. What are some of your like spidey senses telling you is uh, going to be big in 2016? Well, I think we talked a lot about apps already. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, it's kind of interesting because I always like I, I do have an eye. One thing I do use Twitter for is keeping an eye on what is going on at CES. And I think that's been interesting. I think um I think, like you were saying, the Apple Watch is it's something I haven't bought yet, uh, honestly. Uh, so I think that we're in an interesting year with wearables of, like, if the Apple Watch 2, assuming that comes out, takes off, we could be in this whole new world of, like, people actually using those things as real rather than just kind of playing around with it. Um, I think... I, I think, I, I don't know, we broke it down on text on a couple different areas. Yeah, so which, but, which one um, jumped out to you as an well, area? Well, just going back to the Apple Watch just for one quick second, and full disclosure, by the way, um, I am working for a company and actually have stake in a company that um, built, it was just something, it was kind of a straight revenue uh, moneymaker for them, but we've uh, now built, as of today, two games for the Apple Watch. So that's the reason why I actually have the Apple Watch. I was kind of grumpy about it at first because I I'm, view my watch as like a fashion piece. I've always had like big, huge, like man watches because I just love them. And uh, yeah, so I got the Apple Watch with the Milanese band because I was like, if you really want me to be promoting this, I was like, I have to genuinely love it. I fucking love this thing. Um, it's great. I had the Fitbit previously and the Fitbit um, registered when I took CrossFit. It would register my exercises in those classes, but it never registered my spin classes, and that drove me insane. Because, like, if I'm, you know, counting the the calories burned and everything, I want it to at least be accurate. Or if it's not 100% accurate, or at least, you know, 75% or greater, I'm not going to want to wear it at all, and I just think it's kind of pointless. So with the Apple Watch, I love it for that. Um, obviously, the games, but it's just, it's also neat. Like, I love that. I, I'm a writer, so I sit behind my computer all day and I'll have my headphones in and I'll miss meetings, like, you know, conference calls, things like that, just because I'm so in the zone. So with the Apple Watch, it vibrates, like, very gently on my wrist. So I know when someone's calling. I know when there's a text message. I know when there's an email reminder or, like, a, a meeting reminder. Like, that, to me, is invaluable. And just also, too, I, I love feeling like Dick, Dick Tracy. I mean, it's yeah. pretty amazing to, like, have a call from your watch. I would say the Dick Tracy thing is about 20% of why I wanted to to get it in the first place but i mean i love the technology but i think so much of it so far has been for me has just been like uh what 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 am i going to use like like how like it just needs to be seamless for a lot of things and one of the reasons i i had a nike fuel band like the first year they came out and they were fine like i enjoyed them but like i don't have that for whatever reason i i have never developed that exercise drive of like i'm gonna push myself on exercise and i know like it's never been that stress release for me, and, and though I've tried it, so it that one never clicks. So like just focusing on, but like all those notifications and things could be really cool. And I think that yeah, like I I think I will eventually get it, but I think that I've um, rather than be an early adopter on that, I think this is where I think if wearables mature this year, then they're just commonplace. Uh, I feel like we've seen it in the home, we've seen it on the wearables, but like this is the year they need to mature, and I don't think that's a that's a big swing. Um, but I think that, like that's where you know I think when when 
you've got you know major CEOs saying I'm going to build Jarvis. Like it just shows you, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be around. Like even though everyone's focused on VR right now, um, I think that that you know those are the kind of things that are really interesting, especially especially across the board. But uh, on the flip side, I saw some stuff at CES, at least tweeted out today, that goes too far into what wearables should and shouldn't do. Uh, or uh, so we'll see we'll see where all that ends up in a couple years. I'd say. I think VR is fascinating. Um, I haven't played around with the set yet. Um, a buddy of mine actually just got one, so I'm going to be playing around with it sometime this week. But one of the two things, actually, that I'm hyper-focused on is, as far as trends and stuff are concerned, one, Facebook video is about to dominate. I don't know if you've been watching. Like, um, So probably about like a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, it couldn't have been much longer than that. I started to notice that everything that was populating in my feed were videos. Like every, like at least in the first like scroll down, it'd be like at least two videos for like every post. And like one would be like a status update. Then, sorry, my dog's chewing so loudly in the background. Buster, stop. Um, one would be like a status update and then uh, two would be videos. And then another one would be like some link either to Huffington Post or some page that I already liked. And that's how it would populate. But, um, but now like they're just taking video to another level. The quality is so much better. They have like the option to like click more. So, you know, they're, they're able to house like, you know, or at least have the ability to access. So it's not like a one pop shop of like, oh, I just saw this video. So it's like, oh, well, look at all these other ones. Um, but also, too, what I'm fascinated by is the YouTube has all the problems with the comments and community. So basically, especially if you're a chick on there, it's like welcome to hell, basically, of how guys talk to you, how you're treated. I, I mean, welcome to that on any of your any social network. But yes, especially on YouTube and, and, and Reddit and a couple other things. It's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like, like all you have to do, you could be sitting there knitting a freaking sweater and guys will be like oh you're such a whore like you look at how you're like knitting that that's too seductive and this and this but because there's the anonymity behind it i feel like it fuels that culture even more instead of actually something like facebook where they could come in and it's like well i'm commenting on this and my mom's going to see that i commented on this like all those people in your inner circle are actually going to see that you're commenting and making all of these poor remarks so i feel like that's going to give a level of accountability that I think could really be a huge game changer in the kind of video social space. Uh, I would say that the stats back you up on that one, actually. I read a study today saying that uh, brands at least um, upload natively to Facebook like 70 to 30 versus YouTube um, because the, and that's mainly because uh, the, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The attention rate is higher on Facebook already. The autoplay is a huge part of it. The fact that it's in your feed huge. is a huge part of it. Uh, I think it. that's also kind of why I'm saying, you know, Snapchat's interesting too because Snapchat is so much video and it's short, quick bursts. Whereas like a Facebook view is technically three seconds. A, a, a YouTube view is somewhere between three to five if you're looking from a marketing perspective. So you can watch stuff really quickly and, and with the sound off and, and kind of watch it and get it without having to like move around and click around or, you know, go find something else. And I think that's where... Um, it's been really, really interesting. I think that if they build out the focus and get even more better quality content and make sure their um, pri you know, piracy concerns aren't you know too crazy and you know really turn that on, that could be really interesting. And then you take into effect, um, we were just talking about VR. They have a major stake in VR in the next couple of years. They just yep. released their headset today. All that's going to play together. <laughs> like, but and also two 360-degree cameras. 
that's another huge feature that's gonna but that's gonna play into the video like all of this is gonna kind of I feel like for them for Facebook this year 2016 is gonna be like the, their year of like truly like starting to kind of quietly dominate video because people are gonna be like oh well there's nothing gonna take down like YouTube like no way it's, it's like such an OG but it's like I actually think on Facebook they could do a way better job of it and it's also too it's like you know, I sit there on my Apple TV and I have to search for the YouTube videos. Like you were saying earlier, like all of this is populating in our feed already versus having to go to like the secondary social network and community to actually find that information. It's just bam, right there. And it's like videos that I would never even think to watch or care about. I'll sit there for like a couple seconds, like because the autoplay feature comes into place, like you were saying. I'll sit there and watch for a couple seconds and then like be like, okay, all right, moving on. Like something and different. One, one, so this would be my prediction on that, and I just saw this. And, and full disclosure, my company um, has worked with Facebook before um, and, st and, and still does, and I am not part of that team. I don't talk to anyone over there. Um, my comments here completely reflect my own thoughts because I just live in the world uh, and nothing, nothing of, the, of the sort. But what if it, it would be really cool, and I, I think they should build this, it would be really cool if they did a standalone app for video. And my thinking here is it is all in the feed. It already knows your preferences. What would be cool is to actually just have that as a video thing and like have, and I'm looking and, and I'm thinking about it from just not only from, from a, an app, from a phone perspective, but on the TV as well. Right? So like I look and I go, Oh, here's like 30 videos I could watch. I can click through, I can run through a feed. I can do whatever. Whereas right now, and, and I could get rid of ads quickly that way. Not that I would want to if, if I'm the company, but certainly because as a user experience. But that would be really cool, especially from a mobile perspective, since there's such a battle between 90 degrees and, and, and vertical. Uh, if they could push them one way or another, it could be really in interesting. Excuse me. Well, they did that with Messenger. They created a standalone app. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Maybe well, they, they've done it a few times, and, and Messenger Messenger succeeded, and, and WhatsApp is still a thing they own, and um, and you know Instagram is certainly the most dominant you know app on the market these days. But I just I just came to me of like, yeah, if they break that out, if they build enough of an audience, and then they break that out, um, even YouTube's mobile, I don't really go to it until I click on it somewhere else, you know. Like mm -hmm. it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting thing that way. You know, so. is what one thing that I thought about the other day. Um, so, one of like the cardinal rules of social media is that you don't sync your accounts, you don't sync your, you know, Twitter feed to populate your Facebook, like vice versa. That was like just kind of like an OG rule way back in the day, and, and still stands true because no matter what, you're not going to get the same level of engagement as even just cutting and pasting from one platform to another. But one thing that impressed has impressed me in the past is that. Instagram, no one cares. It's like you can post a photo on Instagram, share it on Facebook, and yeah. people will still comment as if it's, you know, a Facebook original post. And it's like, well, why why one and not the other? And obviously Facebook owns Instagram, so I'm curious. I'm like, I wonder if they rank it higher because it's their own, you know, property. I wouldn't even say it's the ranking higher. If it just look at the UI, it just looks better. It looks like a photo. It it's not a link like if you shared from Twitter or it's not like a random like and and I think the terminology is the same. And the only thing that gets a little weird is when there's all these hashtags. But now that, you know, that's the fun sneaky thing that they did when they're like, "Oh, we'll put hashtags in the feed." And I went, "That's stupid. Why would you do that?" And then now it's like, "Well, they're everywhere else anyway. I guess I'm not going to worry too much about them being there." Um, so you don't think it's platform based? You don't think that they give like any sort of seniority over to Instagram? It's just because of the photos? No, I, I think I, mean, I think I mean I think that the studies have proven that they 
prefer their own networks. And I, I think just like Google prefers you to, when you search something, like if you search Delta Airlines now, or um, if you search that in Google and you're signed into Gmail, it tells you your frequent flyer number. Like everyone's trying to get their own stuff up in front of your face sooner. So I'm not saying that it's wholly that. I'm just saying like when you look at how things get shared either way, um, it just looks clean. <laughs> <laughs> like right. it, it look it looks how it looks how I want photos look all the time. One more thing too, um, trend wise that I definitely noticed in the last actually six months, um, mostly since being back in Los Angeles, but um, uh, these privatized Facebook groups. Like um, there are certain groups where it's basically there are like women's groups, there are like sporting groups, there are just like all these. And one, one group that I'm a member of in particular has like 20,000 members. So it's not like it's a small group. But those little groups, man, they move mountains. Like it is very impressive. Like, I mean, I am completely addicted to this one group. And I've even told people about it. I'm just like, I can't believe like how interesting this is that these, it's, it's a women's group. And I'm like, there's t almost 20,000 of us. I was like, but we all feel so comfortable just sharing and like being honest about really weird things. And I'm like, that's never really happened before on Facebook, I feel like. Uh, maybe back in like the earlier days when, you know, you weren't friends with your mom, you weren't friends with your like, you know, high school Spanish teacher. Um, it was just very different. So I, I think that's kind of a, an interesting thing that I think will do well this year, are these sort of like little groups that can move mountains. Yeah, I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think that's why messaging apps have done so well as well, because uh, you can have that kind of experience now. And like I said, I think everyone... I think everyone jumped into Facebook with, I'm going to friend everyone. And now you're like, oh, I really wish I didn't do that. <laughs> but you don't want to get rid of anyone. And, and no one seems to realize how many good tools there are to get rid of people you don't want to see anymore. Um, but Oh, my God. That unfollow option is the best thing to ever happen. Yeah. It is amazing. There are so many people that I unfollowed and they just have no idea. But I just, I, I can't stand it when people post stuff about politics and religion and like, and just obviously now, especially upcoming with the election, like I love the fact that we can all have an opinion on something. And I hate the fact that we can all have an opinion about something because it's like it's unresearched, it's uneducated. And it's like you're putting this out there and it's like you just you just end up looking like an idiot. And I'm like, I don't want to see this in my feed. Yeah, exactly. And I, but I think that that will be interesting, too. And I think we'll see some strides from someone of actually building ways to get that communication back um, like in a threaded way that makes sense, because right now comments just don't make any sense like people are responding to people and they're not responding to the main thing and like i think the way medium kind of does it where it's like annotated comments could be kind of interesting and i i would expect to see that kind of grow a little bit i think medium's effect uh on media has been really more interesting than i realized um and i if that continues to grow and like whatever blo like blogging isn't dead it just continues to to move and, and change and i think Medium, the way Medium sets things up could be a real interesting uh, template for other companies moving forward. Well, like give someone like an example, you know, if they're not familiar with Medium, like explain to them kind of how how they operate and what you like about them. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, a huge part of it is that it, it's incredibly clean, smart UI and design. It works across video, it works across mobile and things. But I think people have used it almost as like this new editorial tool, which is kind of crazy. Um, like they got, uh, I think, oh, what was the famous one? Oh, after that Amazon story came out in the New York Times that like destroyed Amazon, their PR person, who I think is, was used to be a chief of staff, or used to be the main spokesperson for President Obama, came back 
out and immediately like wrote a medium piece that detailed everything and that got shared so much easier and it was such a and and granted they have a invested interest in that medium does in getting that out in front of people they're doing their own pr they're not they're not silly but they i thought it was just really interesting and and how like i read an article yesterday and of uh there's a guy who elton brand he signed for the philadelphia 76ers and um, he wrote a whole article about it. And, like, that's how people have been making announcements and making blog posts. And it's not through another service. Like, you're using your own distribution platform. And since it is built with Twitter originally, it's a very interesting, uh, you know, thing together. And I I, I, I don't know. But I, in terms of the comments, like, I see a lot of likes and follows. And, and I haven't uh, – but I think comments are – they're not at the bottom. It, it can It's a little bit more moderated by the author. It really allows the author to kind of be part of it more um, – I think there's just they, I'm not saying that medium itself will continue to explode. I just think that those elements will will maybe take root somewhere else. I always see medium.com, um, Huffington Post, and then uh, obviously Mashable and things like that, like for my tech news. But I also see Answers.com. They're always in my feed, like always. And it's like those random like uh, you know uh, link bait where it's like just totally like BS article or like slideshow. So you have to like go through to read like each detail. It's like, it's totally ridiculous, but those are the ones that typically populate in my newsfeed. Yeah. I haven't seen answers.com much. That's interesting. I'll have to be on the lookout for it. I get get Mashable a lot. I get, um, I've been getting Esquire a ton and I'm just like, and I can't figure out what their editorial goals are. So (laughs) that one's interesting. I mean, obviously I read a lot of it because they, they, mixed you know good interesting commentary along with pictures of beautiful women so like i'm not gonna get out of that that funnel but it's interesting sometimes it's just like you're why are you covering this and then you realize they have an interesting content sharing deal with uh all their other you know cosmo and all these other ones so like you'll read something that is from cosmo and if it was on cosmo i might not read it but because it's on esquire i might click on it and then you're like what's going on and then i always i i feel like i get one you know I think that'll be an interesting thing is is from an advertising perspective is I think once a week could get sucked into those horrible links at the bottom of like, you won't believe what they did next. I'm like, all right, let me see what they did next. I, I think those have to get smarter. I think that, you know, yep. it, it, they don't work on mobile as well. And I think that'll be interesting to see how that happens in the next, uh, in the next, you know, because I think ad click fraud has been a kind of a little thing bubbling under the surface. So that'll be interesting yep. to see how that continues to grow. Also interesting, what do you, in, in the same vein of Esquire and whatnot, what do you think about Playboy and, uh, you know, now no longer having nude photos? And I just saw on my feed today, just because I'm friends with a bunch of random Playmates and whatnot, um, that uh, they're doing, like, a relaunch and a rebranding party at Super Bowl. So basically, I guess, to kind of, like, announce, like, hey, now we're no longer including nudes. So do you think that you would actually now start to read Playboy, like, strictly for the articles? Like, do you think that it's an, irre- an irrelevant brand? What, do you, what are your thoughts on Playboy? Um, I, I think that it's, it's always been more of a niche brand than anyone would give it credit for because it was the first one to do something than it did it for 50 years. I think the writing has always been really good. I think I've even read a lot of their stuff. And I think the reason they made the change I read is because they looked at the data on the website and went, oh, people were, uh, actually reading the articles more without being feel like they couldn't click on things at work. So we'll just get rid of that. Um, I don't think it will help save their business long term. I mean, I think they have to figure out they may have to go to like less issues or something or some type of other, you know, I I think that twist is fine. Um, I think that, you know, it it, 
frankly, in the worst way, like that type of like softcore nudity just doesn't really exist anymore as a as a need, um, whereas it did 50 years ago. Because I can Google something right now and find it, it find it in a different way and, and in video form or in anything else, frankly, that I want. Um, you know, and so like they almost have to get more niche. And if that is putting out some of the best writing, awesome. If that's putting out, um, you know, deep deep dives and stuff, but more frequently, like I think that's where it goes. But I don't think it. I don't. I don't think this is like the shift in. Oh, they're going to reclaim their status. Unfortunately, well, I think one of the interesting things, um, like I'm fascinated by Playboy. Um, I, you know, obviously knew about it growing up and whatnot. But um, but I've been going to the mansion the first time I went. I think I was like 20. I had to have a fake ID to get in. Um, but also too, I'm fascinated by the history by it. So um, I got approached like in 2010, or yeah, 2009, 2010, by one of the people in Chicago. Like they were gonna actually launch, like totally do like a social media like branded site, and they wanted to have a face for it. So I got approached to do that, and then I guess the guy who was behind it wound up. They basically said like, no, we don't want to do this. But um, but bottom line too, Playboy as like an actual magazine is not their moneymaker. Where their moneymaker is, is they own they own adult.com. They own a whole series of domains and all these other properties. And basically like Playboy is just one of the most identifiable logos and brands. It's like up there with McDonald's and Nike. But it's not, the magazine is not their business. It's all these subsidiary properties that people maybe don't know that they actually own that actually fuel the business. So I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. No, but I yeah. cannot wait to see what they're going to do with kind of this new uh, new relaunch and rebrand. Yeah, I think that I think what will be interesting is I, I if I'm them, I almost you almost go completely the other way. You don't turn into Maxim. Don't turn into something no. that was already a clone of Playboy. Go go I mean, be the next New Yorker. Be a national New Yorker. That would be interesting to me. Like do yeah. do something like that. Like go for it. Go be Monocle. Go after Monocle's uh, group. Go after uh, what's uh, Lucky Peach. You know, go do something like that where it's like, oh, we're going to find a really interesting niche of like really cool people and we're going to just be, you know, frankly, a Vice produced Playboy would be like fascinating. Because um, Vice tries to be super edgy, but like their brand is edgy. Like, I'd like to see like if you took Vice's sensibility and smoothed off the edges a little bit. Because I'll read Vice sometimes and then. And then I'll be like, oh, that's a really interesting take. And then three other times, uh, then the next Vice article that I see is like, um, you know, let's go inside a strip club in the Bronx. And I'm like, well, do you need to do that? Like, what? I understand the, the thinking there. You're going after this, like, my mind. But, like, it, 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 it feels like they go they go super raw out of the sake of being raw. Um, Not yeah, I don't the know. story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the story is, the. I mean, that's the thing fight back how do you fight back against the link bait culture i think i mean one of the things i've been thinking about a lot is like i want to try to focus on bot like when i purchase things now i want to try to purchase things that are of higher quality and that are potentially hopefully american made for for the most part and and i realize that i am a stereotype of a millennial generation i completely understand that but it is something that's kind of important to me being from the Midwest and, and having worked in manufacturing and understanding how manufacturing actually contributes to the, to the country. Um, and on the flip side, knowing that there's so many brands out there that stamp something on there that they haven't built in order to get you to buy it. A lot of whiskeys are like that, a lot like that Mass Brothers chocolate, all that kind of stuff. I think, see, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to see, I, I, I hope we see... Like I think the 
the middle ground between super crunchy, um, like small, like I only make leather cuffs for people with left hands and like finding like the way to elevate those things into really interesting things is always very interesting to me. So it's kind of like the hyper niche, you know, focused audience to, as you're saying, like true transparency or because um, you'll have the people that are, no matter what are just like creating an angle to appeal to masses, to tell a story. To no, create a I, I want to yeah. I'm always interested in and in, in what that link is between the high mass and, and the low mass. And I think it's finding the right quality to build into a high mass thing and rather than just focus on um, rather than just focus on a like low like don't go don't settle for ultra niche and don't uh, or hype whatever you you said but also don't like try to blow it out I mean, like i want to find self you know self-sustaining things that are kind of really interesting and really really well done and i think that's where like playboy's writing has always been really really well done so like if they focus on that in a new even a newer way and even go deeper with it and don't like don't think of it less as a magazine and maybe think of it more as the internet and like i don't know take like a bill simmons type who's been thrown out of espn because he was quote too raw i don't know exactly (laughs) if that's would be the how i would describe it but like and say great you know what we're gonna let you do whatever you want in this magazine and you get to do it for three months go that'd be awesome that would be interesting, actually. I think you just solved their uh, their entire pivot. Yeah, p- pitch me those playmates. Um, yeah, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be good. Very happy to, sir. Very happy to. But then, yeah, I mean, so what? What else are you? What are you else are you seeing in in the new? Or we talked a lot about on text. We were like, what happens in music? What happens in? Um, you know what? What happens? What happens in dating apps? What do you think happens in dating apps? Since we talk a shitload about that anyway. Um. Oh God. Uh. I'll throw one out. I think Tinder, as we know it today, is completely different than a year, and I mean that as. Sure. I mean that as either they will have shifted to a paid model. They'll put in something that does more algorithmic matching. They'll do something that gets them out because i was talking to a 21 year old the other day like hey, yeah tinder blah 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 and then she goes people still use tinder and i went you're only 21 get the hell out of my way <laughs> like, have you heard about what they're doing with the organ donations uh no i haven't okay um some dear friends with hermione way and, and she's fantastic you guys should follow her on everything um sorry my dog's about to bark um but um, she, uh, so I just saw like all of her postings and whatnot because now she works for Tinder. And basically, they, they're trying to match people. I don't know if you have to change an update in your profile. But basically, as you're going through and quote unquote matching with people, if you happen to be seeking, you know, an organ or something like that, someone happens to be a donor, you guys happen to have the right, you know, blood type, whatever is required, that that's their, their focus right now is helping people find organs. Matching people in the truest form, if you will. How do you spell her name for? Because I'm trying to follow her. H e r m i. Hold on, I don't want to mispronounce this. Hermione. H e r m i o n e. Way. Hold on. Find this in two seconds. H e r m i o n e. Space. W a y. She's awesome. I met her. I asked her brother out on Twitter years and years ago. She was on the Bravo TV show called Startup Silicon Valley. Yep. So I saw the trailer for it, and her brother was really hot. I was like, I, I want to date this guy. So Hermione happened to, I guess, already be following me through Ben Parr, you know, formerly of Mashable. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so she's like, come hang out with us. Come come to the premiere. 
so I did, and they're just they're great people. I'm, I'm still really good friends with Hermione. So Ben, not as much, just because I just didn't really want to date him. But um, but yeah, it was a fun trip. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that'll be really. Um, I mean, you and I both talked about we both like Bumble. I just got into the league recently, so that'll be interesting. Oh, is that the one where they, like, it's curated or something? The one that you were telling me about? Yeah, it's, like, they're, quote, highly selective and blah, 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 blah. And they got a bunch of, like, negative-ish press for throwing a Hampton-style, like, crazy stupid thing. Like, like I'll, I'll be interested to see if they, I mean, I've only been on it for three days so far. So, like, I like it that it gives me three matches. And it's a slow burn. And it says, you know, don't expect to get matched right away. We don't show people the same day on the same stuff. And... Um, it's kind of like taking, and then it's like supposed to be quote more selective, so it's not necessarily just um, just anyone around you. Whereas, like, I feel like Tinder has gotten a lot. Like, I haven't had bots recently, but I've definitely gotten like it's definitely changed a bit. Uh, and but I, I think Bumble, I think there'll be something. I don't know. I think I think that what's interesting. I think we've even talked about it. I think everything is so photo based. I bet there's something that just kind of pops. It's like, you know, video based or GIF based or something that's just outside the boxes. Right now, it's just so everything's the same. It's swipe right, swipe left, or and photo. And I think that um, someone's going to come on and be like, "Yeah, but what if we did this?" But I think that's the cool thing about Hinge and Bumble. Um, I think the the sort of uh, entertainment. I mean, I only ever use Tinder really for like straight entertainment. Of like, if I was bored and just had a bad day or whatever, I would sit there and like just filter through photos. And then, you know, maybe I would meet, I, I actually did in Miami have a handful of really great dates with guys on Tinder, um, which is like a shocking thing to say. But, um, but no, I just, I think gone are the days of the sort of mass exposure because I think people realize that's not sustainable. I think what's interesting now on Bumble is the fact that the woman has to message first, but also that if the woman doesn't message within 24 hours, it gets thrown right back. So you're back into the dating pool which I think is more interesting because then it makes me want to go back. Like if I am serious about this, these individuals, like I'm going to go back within 24 hours. Like I'm going to check on it. So it gives me a reminder and accountability to go back to the app. Um, and Hinge now did an update and is now following that same model where if you don't talk to someone within a certain amount of time, like they're, they're going to disappear as in a match. And you know, as someone that mass marketed themselves on dating apps, it's like it's taking away that aspect, which I think is actually very cool. Um, what what I do like about the Hinge update, oh, I'm getting a little feedback now on your Mac, um, is that it's 24 hours, but either party can message first. And then after that, if the other party doesn't message or you don't have a conversation, it's gone after like seven days. So you got 24 hours to show any type of interest and you have seven days to actually build some interest. Um, whereas with Hin, with Bumble, since it is just the woman, I think it's great that it's like that. But I, I get the feeling sometimes that maybe some people in this area, or maybe I'm just being optimistic here, don't always go on it every single day. So if you match, like if I match someone at midnight tonight, they may not notice until two days from now. And then it's gone. So you don't even know when that happens. And I know, you totally know, agree. so I, I think that the 24 hour, like, and I try to extend stuff. I try to make sure it's up there for 48, but you know, you, you can miss those pretty easily. Um, whereas with everybody's, yeah, you got, you got stuff going on. Everybody's not like just that 
like hyper into their dating apps. It's like, you know, and especially as I get older and I'm sure you're in the same boat, like we, we are adulting right now and I don't have time to like be checking it, you know, 24 hours a day. So you just might genuinely miss certain things. And it's like, it's not, you know, something against either party. It's just life happens. It's timing. I do like that hinge has started to throw in these like what kind of things do you like so that there's there's more than one connection, um, which is nice. So there's multi-levels because, like, we're friends on Facebook. So once you join Hinge and that added all your friends to the pile, that's some pre- it's a pretty crazy mix of people once you have those friends and friends of friends. So now it's trying to add a, another level on top of that, which I think is interesting. Um, and then what was the oh, – oh, and then I've actually just been playing on I, – I don't think OkCupid's okay, going anywhere. I don't think it's going to change at all. But um, I think that specificity that allows in some of these things is – I think that comes back. And I think that's why the video – or maybe you put clips of stuff in that you like or something that's kind of just more about your personality with the photo uh, will, will kind of kind of happen more. Because uh, I was texting you that I wrote the nerdiest uh, message in my life the other day, and it was pretty great. And I got no response to it, but I was – proud that i uh dug that deep into it so what did you write uh the person had a profile about um how much they love the muppets and um uh my python and aziz ansari's new book so i said at the risk of ignoring all the rules aziz wrote about not appearing lame in a message i have to ask would you want to grab a drink sometime discuss whether you should switch to a system of government based on strange women lying in ponds which if Read, if you've seen Monty Python, it would make some sense. I haven't and, seen it since I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, um, it's... it's and then, who knows, we may have a rainbow connection. I know that last line was bad, but to compensate, I'll buy the finest sparkling wine Idaho has to offer. So I was able to work in three references, so I was proud of that. Um, still a lame line, but... <laughs> I think that's where it goes back to the resolutions of... If I'm gonna if I'm gonna do anything, I'm just gonna have fun and just get to the meat of, like... I am, I am this type of person, so take it or leave it. <laughs> No, I love it. And I love the fact that you're just kind of like, you have to be able to own it. And it's just, you throw so much shit against a wall and it's like something's stick and something's dough. And it's, it's actually the same for a woman on Bumble. Like I'll message, you know, I'll message the guys that I actually match with and I message each one just so that they like stay in my feed. And, you know, maybe out of every five, let's say, I'm, I'm not very active on it. I just, I'm so bored with life right now and dating. But, um, but yeah, I, I'll match with, let's say five and I might get two or three responses. So it's not like I'm getting matched with all five. Right. Even though technically we are already matched, it's the messaging component still doesn't, you know, translate nine out of ten times. Or maybe they just don't think it's as interesting to respond, so. Yep. I still haven't just gotten, I just haven't gotten any matches on, on Bumble. The people are, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I what I would love to do is, like, have, like, a dating app where it basically makes fun of, like, the love connection. Where mm-hmm. it like brings back like retro videos, like but like Vine style of like very quick, very like hi, my name is so and so. Maybe like encourage people to like dress up or like do something really fucking ridiculous. That would be amazing and like showcase like either you know you can see in a dating profile like I'm funny, but it's like if in 12 seconds you can prove to someone if you're actually funny. You know what I mean? Like I think that would be a better representation of who people are maybe. So in yeah. your same sort of you know video dating vein. Well, I think the tough part is once you it's it's easier to be funny in the moment than if you in front of a camera. <laughs> so you'll get a lot of those nineteen eighties like video dating stuff that um, is just horrendous. But I, I think that could be fun too. Hilariously horrendous. I would love to watch those. 
that would be that would be great. That would be great. I, and I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like looking at all these things, I'm just like none of these are interesting enough for me to care that much about them. I think that you know, um, and I you know put time into all of them, and I get no, I get very limited returns on it on all of them. So it's just like. What do you do long term? And I, I think like with Tender, they're trying to figure out. I think Happen is really interesting, but I just don't know anyone who's actually used it, <laughs> uh, even though there's supposedly people on it. So um, I think Happen I think- is the IRL version of uh, of Craigslist misconnections. That creeps me out too much. I see enough people throughout the day. I don't really need to be reminded that you know. Oh well, you might have made eyes with this guy at Ralph's grocery store, and I'm like, uh, no. I think I'm good. He made yeah. a stink eye at me, but I think I'm okay. Just, I just, I, my general rule is don't ever look at anyone in the eye over the lunch meat aisle. Can't end well. <laughs> Especially at Ralph's. There's too much going on at Ralph's. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Ralph's. Good old Ralph's. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least the one near the, the on Santa Paula Boulevard that I've been to several times. Oh, um, wait. Uh, the one on Sunset is called Rock and Roll Ralph's. And actually, what's really sweet is I used to live, like, right around the corner from there, literally, like, a block away. And even though, like, it's known for, like, having a bunch of, like, drunken stragglers and everything, um, I used to have really bad insomnia in my 20s. And so I would just, like, have to go for walks at, like, weird hours of the night just to, like, clear my head. So I would often just go to Ralph's, literally walk there, walk back. And um, I didn't know this, but they take the hot food at, like, 3 a.m., and they actually give it to the homeless. So there's, like, a big line of people that come through, and they basically let them, instead of just throwing the stuff away, they actually give it, they feed it to the homeless at night, which I thought was really awesome. That's good. That's really good. That's really good. What do you think that, what do you think that um, I have, in any breakout crazy things you think will happen in entertainment? Um, well, obviously I'm fascinated by just, uh, well, I mean, it's the same thing I feel like people have been talking about for years, like this whole, like, you know, hybrid of, of how people receive their information and their content and storytelling across multiple platforms. Um, I'm hyper-focused on and now, you know, even more so, but, um, but I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I don't, I don't have an answer for that yet. I'm, I'm excited but I just think that it's, you know, much like Napster was to the music industry, a lot of things, you know, like Netflix and iTunes and the fact that, you know, I can only wait a handful of months and I don't have to be in a crowded theater with so many other people. I can sit on my comfy couch with my amazing TV and surround sound and be in heaven. Um, I think the, the demand is very different now and I'm, I'm fascinated to see where, where it goes. I will say I saw Star Wars at the so the the movie theater closest to my apartment now has upgraded to reserved like um, reclined seating and I went this is amazing I can reserve a seat are you kidding me and I can like it reclines are you kidding me this is amazing like so I definitely I like I really enjoy going to the movie still it zones me out I you know my head gets turned off like I um, I definitely don't have to like you know think about it. I don't have to think about anything in that case, but, uh, and I have to disconnect from the world. Um, but the fact that they had that was just great. <laughs> no, I do. Um, and I fell in love with those in Miami. I, I haven't done them yet in Los Angeles, those luxury cinemas. So I would pay like, and actually in Miami, it wasn't that much more. I think it was only like, you know, $8 for a movie versus like 12. Um, but you had like the recliner, like you could actually like push a button to like get someone to bring you more alcohol. Like that to me is amazing. And that creates an experience, but it's now, 
it used to be the movie came out on Friday night and everybody had to go and see that movie to like have the water cooler conversation. Now that entire shift has happened where it's no longer the only source of media that like people actually have access to. So it changes the dynamic. So it's like if they can, you know, change certain things like adding recliners and reserve seatings. Great. Other than that, it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a dying breed in my opinion. Although I do agree with you that it's amazing to zone out. That's the only reason why I go to the movies now is just, I don't want to have my phone turned on. Yeah. Well, another thing is I had to get I had to start going to the movies by myself. I think as a group outing, it's still it's still good, but it's super expensive now. Uh, whereas if I go by myself to the matinee on a Saturday, uh, I can get it for seven bucks. <laughs> it's fine. So like to me, I get to watch the movie I want to watch as soon as I can, which is great. Um, but I also do think that. There, but what's always interesting is how things do pop up as still doing really well. Like Star Wars, absolute water cooler moment. But a lot of people went and saw it because of that. Uh, and the one that I'm definitely behind on is this whole um, making of a murderer thing on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. I feel like I'm behind. I have to catch up. I have seen it. It's pretty amazing. It's it's oh. actually it's no that sounds really horrible to say. Um, it's the narrative. I thought the narrative was a lot better in Jinx. Jinx was yeah. like I couldn't stop watching it. I watched it the first weekend it came out, so I was before all the water cooler hype and everything in between. I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was a little long. Like I would fall asleep in certain moments and then like come right back to and just be like, oh my God, what did I miss? But, um, but it's, it's a very, um, in my opinion, a very, very sad story. And um, the fact that this can happen in our quote unquote justice system is deplorable, but it, it's this gentleman's life and, and his, what is it? His nephew. Um, yeah, the kids, the kid was like 17 years old when it happened and he was, you know, convicted of being an accomplice in this murder. Um, and it just came out today as well that I forget the guy's uh, name. It's like Aries or A Y R E S. Um, but basically, um, he's saying that his brother might've been the one to do it because his brother was convicted of sexual assault and, and, you know, so it might've even been even deeper in framing. It's, it's just sad. It's I I feel so sad for the the parties involved. I feel so sad for the family. And now this this poor girl, you know, is murdered, which is so horrific um, in general. And now it becomes you know fodder for pop culture. That's just uh, I don't know what I do. If that were my brother or my sister or my my mom, my dad. Like I would lose it. So I I, I feel very bad in that situation. But I thought the storytelling in general and Jinx was way better, way better. Well, and I think that what we what's been really interesting that the the few things Jinx, this, and then of course serial has shown that this masterful serialized storytelling can still exist as long as it's in a area where people can get caught up right away, and that's where you can create these watershed moments. I think it'll be interesting to see if it happens on something that isn't one of these like Netflix or podcasts or something. Maybe it happens on a social network. Maybe there's something like that. Um, That would be really cool because you know it's going to happen this year. And and I think true crime obviously makes a lot of sense because it's a story everyone can kind of pick apart and disseminate. And it's, you know, as I I listened to someone on the Bill Summons podcast today, or I think it's Chuck Klosterman. Things happen in real life that are crazier than what you would ever expect to happen in fiction. So it has to be real life. Otherwise, you don't think it actually happened. You wouldn't um, believe it. Yeah, the truth is stranger than fiction is 100% true. So I think that'll be an, that'll be an interesting thing. And I mean, obviously, we're in an election year. So, 
I'm sure there are, <laughs> I'm sure we'll see plenty of things that are kind of kind of like that. And I, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. But I think I I was excited like last year. Uh, I hope that you know the year it was year of amazing female entertainers. Not that there haven't been other years like that, but I think like Amy Schumer. I'd love to see what she does this year. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, like this is an interesting you know couple year. I think this will be an interesting year for her. She had so many things come out last year. Um, that what what does she do and and like how do how do you, like they're they're the both the type of people who have, I think almost perfected this like they're never fully out of the consciousness, but they're also not putting out so much stuff that you're like overwhelmed by it. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what Taylor Swift does in that respect because I feel like she's in an interesting point where she's so does so many things that um, it, it you know, this is about the time where people start going oh I want to I want to I want to see something change and and um, or I want to I'm you know it's weird how things change on a whim where they're just like oh well we we want to see how this falls all fall falls down so. Um, that'll be, that'll be interesting, and then uh, you know it's interesting too. Like I watched, I saw some criticism on Kanye new Kanye West's new single. That's not that doesn't usually happen. Usually stuff comes out and people are like, "This is the most amazing thing ever. You should go listen to it." So, well, Jennifer Lawrence as well. Going back to that, and Amy Schumer apparently, and I saw this because it was trending on Facebook. Just wrote a movie together. Yeah, they've know. written a movie. They uh, go read her. I want to say it's glamour article, Vogue article. I don't know. Jennifer Lawrence was pretty interesting in that. But yeah, she you know talked about that and how she and her and Adele and Emily Stone are all or Emma Stone are all um, oh, good friends. Goals. Yeah, but like I yeah, squad goals. I think dies. <laughs> I hope it dies. I don't. I just don't think it's a good term for some reason. Well, um, Ryan Seacrest, I I believe he was behind it. Um, I actually know one of the exactly why I don't trust it. Yeah, that it. show it sold. <laughs> um, I and I forget to whom. But um, but I remember, yeah, she. Uh, I, I met her years and years ago. She she just sold two pilots, so yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. But yeah, one of them was literally called Squad Goals. Um, yeah, I mean it's such a ubiquitous term, but I feel like it got over it got over commercialized this year. So they could be in an interesting spot where it's either at the perfect time to launch a show or they miss it by just that much. Um, but that, that'll be interesting. I don't know. I just I have never liked. I, I think the Taylor Swift Squad Goals things at her shows seem so. Not like whereas Schumer's and J Laws is so like I want that to be awesome and amazing and it seems regular. The ones that like that other things have been like manufactured just come off as like don't don't be doing that as much, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I think um, I think what's interesting about Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Schumer is especially with Amy Schumer is just the fact that well they both definitely own it, but it's like they're just they're so relatable and like how like sort of quirky and goofy and just you know pretty but it's just they're they're like a girl's girl like you look like as a female I can look at them and, and I don't get intimidated by women I'm not like you know oh my god like she's a bitch look how pretty she is I'm the kind of girl that will literally come up to you and be like oh my god you're beautiful like thank you so much for existing because like wow like you're just so stunning but um but I think that's why they appeal so much to the masses is just that they just have this like Men want to date them, and women want to be their best friend, and that is, I feel like, very invaluable. And and then if you read that article, she also weirdly has a huge crush on Larry David. So I had heard that, and she gave Larry <laughs> David her number, and he never called her. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then I think her joke in, in Vogue and, and uh, was like, yeah, he never called me. I, she He must have gone, I, I don't know what to do with this girl who's 30 years younger than me. And the, the interviewer goes, oh, what would you think of Larry David playing Bernie Sanders? And she goes, oh, it's amazing. I went home and masturbated to it. And then the, clearly there was – and she goes, I was joking. Clearly I was joking. <laughs> but, like, in print, that's not funny. <laughs> it's, no, it's in funny. print, they got the quote that they wanted. In and print, it was like – and it's like, that's why you're Jennifer Lawrence. Like, no <laughs> one else says that. <laughs> Alex, I'm very excited for season two. I feel like we are. Uh, it's a new year. Yeah. It's, do you want to uh, do you want to end with what what um you know personal? What do you think? What are personal project uh, proje- predictions for you or me or vice versa? Or I can shit. predict oh, you, so or you can predict to... me, or you can predict yourself. Let's predict each other. That's that's more fun, and we've been friends for years. So um, you start with me, so it gives me a second to kind of think on what I'm going to say about you. Um, okay. But yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I just came up with what I'm going to think about you. Okay. I think. Um, I think obviously, you know, you've. It. There will be a stability that will almost make you restless, but will be in a very healthy way in terms of things will click in from a. Uh, you know, now that you you're back living in a spot, you're gonna you're gonna click in to the point where you're gonna want to kind of go crazy in terms of like I want to go do something, I want to do something here, I want to do something there, um, but that that stability is gonna mean gonna be an interesting personal. Uh, personal thing because it means that the job is going well and that the you know you're you're living the life you want to live, and I think that's when just when you start going well I want to figure out how, how do I pull at the strings at this a little bit you're gonna find um, some really good interesting strong but maybe not full long lasting but just healthy type uh, personal relationships that will kind of let you kind of look and look around and, and kind of go okay I, I'm on this path that I'm really excited about. And it works really well from a couple different perspectives. And that's just going to help you grow faster and harder than ever before. Wow. Mr. Alex, thank you so much. That was, wow. That's And, that's... and I think that will help personally. I think that'll help strip off some of the um, things that, you know, you do because you think that's, that's the way you've done them. And I think you'll take a look at them and go, I don't need that anymore. And I think that'll be better. That'll be, it'll be an interesting, more, open vulnerable you but it'll be in a new strength that will resonate through everything you do wow alex thank you that was wow mine is is way not nearly as in depth and wow like i wow i just i I need a second for that (laughs) um uh i think for you this year what i can predict um i think you're gonna get a girlfriend and i think it's gonna be a I don't know if your first girlfriend will be, because I think you might have two this year. I don't know if that one will be kind of the one to introduce you to another one, but I do think that at least in the very dear short term of 12 months, um, I definitely think you're going to have a special someone in your life in a, in a really awesome way. I think it's going to be someone who's obviously very intelligent, but also too naturally curious and uh, can keep you on your toes. So I'm, I have felt that actually for a while. I felt that for the last couple of months. I'm like, man, why isn't Alex dating anybody yet? And like, it's right around the corner. And I laugh getting all your text messages of like, oh, this date just went so horrible or like, oh, this and this. But I was like, yeah, but it's right there. There's something there. So I'm excited for you on a, the romantic front this year. That's where my, uh, my that, goals are for you. That, that would be, that would be good. It is the, this is the year I, I what hit another decade. So that'll be a, 
it's an it'll be an interesting year all around. I think so. That'll be I think that's definitely on my list of of goals. But I think that I've kind of reached a point where I'm like I don't put myself out there as much, so I want to put myself out there. But I also want to be more comfortable with my self and doing that. So that's where that that introspection right now comes in, so that I can kind of recalibrate to that every couple months. Love it. So cool. Well, I think guys. Yeah, 2016. I think we haven't discussed it a whole lot. I think that um, you know you can look forward to these every week. I think we 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 tried to do two a week when we got started. I think we might both take a what's we want to build something really interesting and kind of see where this goes. So um, you know you know hit us up on social media. You know on SoundCloud, please like, subscribe, subscribe on on iTunes. Tell your friends. Uh, Throw out your Twitter handle too, so that people know to follow you. Yeah, I'm Alex M Payne on 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 the tweets and the Instagrams and everything else. Uh, not um, and that's Jen Friel. Don't know that already. I'm surprised. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Can't wait, Alex. It's so good to hear your voice. I'm just gonna say that one more time because I'm Great so happy to, to hear your voice. Happy 2016. This is this is always fun, and and I'm. I think we're, I think we've got some. We we talked a, we talked a lot of stuff this time, and we'll we'll keep it. I think it'll be great to see what we do each week. So, thank you, Alex. All right, bye, bye guys.